Are you seeking light, reflective reading for the summer? Consider my most recent publication, A Letter to My Sisters Reflecting on God's Promises. This 62-page workbook-style publication guides you through brief narratives, biblical insights, and reflective questions, all encouraging you to contemplate on your experiences from a spiritual perspective. To learn more and to order your copy, visit drveronicahardy.com and submit your order through the Order My Copy tab. Thank you. Oftentimes, vulnerability is viewed as a source of weakness. Yet today, we're going to discuss it as a source of strength and a source of courage. Our guest, Ms. Shanika Davis, is a clinical professional with a private practice called IROC Therapy located in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Ms. Davis provides services across the spectrum, including relationship counseling and chemical dependency evaluations. She responds to life challenges ranging from anxiety to addictions to domestic violence. So during our conversation today, she will discuss vulnerability from a perspective of strength. Thank you so much, Shanika, for joining us on There's Power in Your Story today. Thank you, Dr. Hardy, for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about your professional background? Okay, well, I've worked in the human service field for over 10 years now. I've been um, a licensed clinical social worker since... um, Officially since 2016, but I had my associate um, license in 2014. Okay. And I, um, I'm the founder and owner of IROC Therapy in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I also host a community outreach event called Mentally Strong. And it's to um, empower and educate the community and also to assist us in collaborating and working towards mental wellness within my area. Oh, that's awesome. Definitely. And that's something I would say is really needed in our current situations that we're experiencing right now. Absolutely. And due to COVID-19, of course, I had to cancel this year's event, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to next year's and hopefully that it will be successful. And, And certainly for next year, Keep me informed so I can also spread the word about it too. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that the name of your practice is called IROC Therapy. So I'm thinking that's a very creative name for a counseling practice. And I'm wondering what led you to that name? Well, it's not really much of a story behind it. It was more so of uh, me and a friend of mine just brainstorming ideas and trying to figure out what would kind of work and fit into my personality and my practice. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's how we came up with I Rock Therapy. So it really wasn't even my idea. Someone else came up with the name and I went with it. <laughs> and, and I think that's good when we're able to bounce ideas off someone else and yes. then come up with something. So again, in just knowing you, I think I Rock Therapy is perfect. <laughs> and, and oh, thank you. Yeah, it really lines <laughs> up with your identity and your energy that you bring. And I think well, also thank you. the types of services you deliver to the people who come in to see you. Well, I I think so too. I have to agree with you on that. Yes. And a lot of people end up coming because the name sticks out. So they mm-hmm. want to see what IROC therapy is all about. <laughs> exactly. It does draw people in. It's very catchy. Definitely catchy. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say our focus today is on the topic of vulnerability. And that is something that you discussed at one of my previous events that was called You Are More Than Enough. And it just seemed like it was a topic that you were really passionate about when you spoke on it at You Are More Than Enough. So I was wondering, how would you define vulnerability? I define vulnerability as freedom. I define it as strength. And you just being able to walk into exactly who you are and own it and just be okay with that. Regardless Mm -hmm. of what may come with it, you're okay with just being you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like how you said own it. Mm -hmm. Really just owning who you are. And um, I came across a, um, I guess it was a, a little definition or something to that extent from Brene Brown. Yes, I love her. <laughs> yeah, she does a lot of study on vulnerability. And she stated that vulnerability is a source for empathy, accountability, and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And what, what might be some of your thoughts on that or, or further thoughts on what vulnerable, vulnerability is or what it might look like? And I I couldn't agree with her more. Like, I feel like she kind of really put it out there and expressed that that's, I I feel like authenticity is exactly what vulnerability is. Mm -hmm. And that's just exactly who you are. Like, you are genuinely you as a person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not trying to conform to anyone's idea of who you should be. Mm -hmm. And think about, like you said, and not trying to conform with uh, social media and all these images people place on social media. And I've come across certain responses people will post saying that many of us only post the happy stuff. And Mm -hmm. then other people may be sitting back looking at it, but they're feeling down a lot and questioning, well, why am I feeling down and everybody else is happy? And then that might push a person to hide how they're truly feeling or how they truly are. And then some people might conform. They might try to change the way they look, the way they act to line up with what other people may be presenting. But like I'm hearing with your definition of vulnerability, that that's the exact opposite of vulnerability. It takes someone away from being themselves versus letting the true, whoever they may be, be present mm-hmm. in society. Absolutely. hmm Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what goes on behind the post. So even in that, we can't judge a person's situation based on the great things that they post or even the negative things that they post because we don't know what's actually happening behind that. Mm-hmm. 
That is so true. We only see that snapshot in time, that one image or those words that someone's placing in that moment. But like you said, we don't know the root or the source, what may have led Mm -hmm. to that particular post. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I had something. There's a a show called Super Soul Sunday. And I think this Mm -hmm. was a, a pretty old episode, but I came across it on YouTube and it was Brene Brown again, but she was sitting with Oprah Winfrey. And yes. Yes. Did you see the episode? I know the exact episode. Yes. <laughs> and, and Brene asked Oprah to finish the sentence, vulnerability is. And then Oprah responded, I wrote this down, that vulnerability is being willing to express the truth no matter what. The truth of who you are, the essence at your core of what you are feeling at any given moment, being able to open up your soul and let it flow so that other people can see their soul in yours. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was, I don't know, it, it was another way that the definition of vulnerability was captured. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And re- absolutely. And reflected me. And even, go right ahead. Even in, even in what's happening today in our society, I feel like the most recent post that we've been seeing has been expressive to a lot of vulnerability. Like the pictures that's being captured, we've been seeing vulnerability in those pictures. Mm-hmm. We're, we've been able to feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, that what she, her definition of it definitely captures exactly what's happening right now as well. Yes, that's true. That's a good correlation there that people are really being expressive with the the Mm -hmm. protests, with the tears, with the frustration and all the ways that it's being expressed and people Mm -hmm. are not sitting behind closed doors and just holding it to themselves. But basically Mm -hmm. there's so many people on camera all day, every day, Mm -hmm. letting what they're experiencing inside be um, represented on the outside. Mm. And even if they don't know, because of course the cameras are always rolling. So a lot of vulnerability that we see, they have no idea that it's being captured. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> mm. So I was wondering, in your own opinion, what are some things that might block someone from being vulnerable or engaging in vulnerability? Well, I know... Um, for me, just being raised in a southern home, uh, it, there's really no room for vulnerability there because, in a sense, through our childhood, it was viewed as weakness. Mm. And I feel like um, those standards and expectations and things like that were already, it was set for us. And um, like the whole sweeping things under the rug, which in turn takes our voice and, um, Things like that. Like, I feel like those things were embedded in us from childhood. So as we were growing up, vulnerability, we didn't know what that was. Mm. It was more so of a, the standard is set and this is how we have to walk in. Wow. So now coming into freedom of adulthood, we've been having to teach ourselves how to be vulnerable. And it has, you know, of course, there's been some um, walls that we have to we have to break through on our own. And um, I think a lot of us are still doing that because for me, I still feel like 
it's a lot of spaces in my life that I'm not as vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. Just because of those walls of my voice not really being heard Mm -hmm. from childhood. And I think many people do not know how impactful those childhood years are. It's as Mm -hmm. if what happens at that time seems to be rooted in us. And as we become Mm -hmm. adults or transition into adulthood, we have some digging to do (laughs) to understand understand (laughs) what those roots are and how deeply rooted it is and how it's affecting us in our adult lives. Of course. And it's nothing against like our families and the way we were raised or any of that. It's just us being able to really step into who we are outside of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it goes beyond the foundation right. so we have to really learn us because we're a person although our morals and values were kind of taught from childhood we're still an individual mm-hmm. and so we have the opportunity to kind of just create who we want to mm-hmm. be um, shared about mm-hmm. that saying sweeping it under the rug and how that, mm-hmm. that takes your voice away, that does decrease vulnerability because, okay, I should not have a voice to be able to share whatever I'm experiencing mm-hmm. inside. Another one of those sayings that came to mind for me was what happens in the house stays in the house. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that decreases the idea of vulnerability because I should not be sharing certain aspects of information with other people In other words, I shouldn't be revealing aspects of me or aspects of my life with other people. It's supposed to stay within these types of confound um, boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate how you said some of those childhood standards that were set transitioned into adulthood and might possibly decrease our practice of being vulnerable. And that was the beginning of our mask. That was the beginning of us walking around with a mask on mm-hmm. without being vulnerable. Like we're, we're not really walking around as us. We're walking around as a standard that was set for us. I really like that. I really like that. And I think even knowing that, that a standard has been set, I'm walking around with the mask. Now, who am I now? If I were to take this mask mm-hmm. off, if I were to unlearn all of these standards who would I be who do I want to be Mm -hmm. who would I become if this was not no longer on me Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what I tell all my clients when they walk in like after our first session listen when you walk in here the mask comes off Mm. this is us this is your freedom to be able to really express who you are and learn who you are we're gonna process that in here And I think that brings us to another point for someone to be able to be vulnerable, they need to feel safe at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, in a Mm -hmm. trusting environment. So like you said, when someone comes into your office, you let them know this is safe. That mask can -hmm. come off. Whatever is really sitting in you, it can be shared here. Yes, this is your space. Mm -hmm. So let it out. Yes, you're, you're building trust from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you're letting the individuals know you can do something different here. Yes. You can do something that absolutely mm-hmm, you can do something that truly represents you and who you are. And a lot of times I see um, people who 
which I feel like we all have issues with vulnerability in certain aspects of life. And I feel like a lot of times we may turn into people pleasers or we may become aggressive and just angry and um, very vocal about certain things, but just not knowing how to effectively communicate Mm -hmm. it. Like not knowing what the core issue is behind our anger. We just want to fight. Right. It can come out in these other Mm -hmm. behaviors. Like we said earlier with the root, we're not able to, Mm -hmm. I guess, give thought to the root. Another example to, Mm -hmm. to tag on to what you just said is how some people may want to be able to control every single detail in their lives absolutely to keep keep from being hurt (laughs) or to keep a certain negative outcome from happening believing that controlling Mm -hmm. all the details would help to do that and again Mm -hmm. that's another way a person may work to keep from being vulnerable okay and a lot of times those things become our defense mechanisms people pleasing um being aggressive and angry control those things will they're in effort to protect us from being hurt mm-hmm. or being completely vulnerable in a space where we don't have any control over it. So all of those mm-hmm. things are used to kind of combat that. Yes. I like how you brought in the, the concept of defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And we think of, again, defense me- mechanisms are tools that protect us from Mm -hmm. situations that we may perceive as being harmful in some way. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we are engaging in our defense mechanisms, we don't even realize it, right? No, no. (laughs) Yeah, Because I know I have a few. (laughs) Yes, and me too, me too. (laughs) It just comes out as automatic when examples are of something present, someone's behavior, someone's words, Um, tone of voice, facial expression, reflects something that may have happened in the past that hurt you before, here comes that defense mechanism. You want to be able to protect yourself from that hurt being repeated in your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. And again, that's something else that can block us from vulnerability, like you had Mm -hmm. mentioned. So with that, again, in your opinion, what are daily ways or baby steps a person could practice being vulnerable or even practice moving away from those defense mechanisms that might come up? I think the first step in that is just identifying who you are. Mm -hmm. And this is why this is normally my first homework assignment for my clients when they come in. I always ask them the question, who are you? Outside of titles, outside of roles, like, You may be a mother, you may be a wife, you may be a teacher, you may be, you know, a lot of other things. But outside of that, who are you? Mm -hmm. And I feel like identifying that and knowing who you are, it helps you to, whether it's negative or positive, you're actually reflecting, you're looking in the mirror and you're seeing, hmm, I might have a little bit of control issues. Mm -hmm. Let me figure out where this came from. Mm I like how you said that's your first homework assignment to answer the question, who are you? And outside of all these roles, and that's often how we answer, right? We want to give our roles. We want to give what we do or what we have done. So we basically give a resume. Yes. If someone asks us <laughs> who, who we are, 
but you want to get down into what lies within you. Mm-hmm. Like and you said, of course, it's, it's a difficult question to add, answer. Like a lot of people have a hard time answering that question. And I tell them, it's no pressure. I don't want you to feel like you got to have all these answers for me. I just want you to really be able to think about it. Even if you only have one or two things written down. But, you know, for my clients who may journal or may not journal, I encourage that to be a journal entry for them. What do you think might make it hard for people to answer that question? Because people attempt to um, stay busy or continue to hide behind the mask of the standard that was set. So if I have all of these things, oh, well, I'm a wife and I'm a mother and I'm a teacher or I'm a judge, lawyer, whatever it may be, no one else, they're not going to ask me any more questions. Mm. Like they know this is, my my life is busy. My life is full. This is mm. what I have going on. Mm. But really, what do you have going on within you? Like, are you taking out the time to really take care of yourself? Because we'll lose our identity in these roles. And it sounds like we get so busy that we tend to lose focus on what's happening internally. Like you said, the word mm-hmm. identity, we lose focus mm-hmm. on our actual identity. Our roles are just an expression of our identity, just Absolutely. outward expression <laughs> of our identity. But what is within us? Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that as being a block uh, for being vulnerable and for being able to answer that question just who are you so Mm -hmm. again baby steps step number one um, and even in that have you ever had the opportunity to truly be you really good question have you ever had the opportunity to truly be you and I would think in what types of situations have you had that opportunity to truly be you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that goes into being able to trust Whoever, yes. whoever allowed you to be you, to be mm-hmm. who you are and to express yourself. Yeah. Those are two good questions that you're using. <laughs> uh, <during laughs> the and I'm hoping our listeners are, are being able to draw from these questions too. And I hope so too. And I encourage them to take the time out just to kind of answer them questions to themselves and mm-hmm. just to kind of process it and see, am I being, am I able to be vulnerable? and vulnerability it can be something that seems so small I think of relationships where say when a couple start they get first get together and maybe together for several months but they're waiting for the other person to say I love you first but they already love Mm -hmm. each other (laughs) but (laughs) one doesn't want to be vulnerable to say it first because I don't know what the outcome is going to be or even yeah exactly Mm mm-hmm and even public speaking, public speaking, of course, someone very, is <laughs> <laughs> very vulnerable because you're putting yourself in front of many people who might question or criticize or doubt your credibility. Uh huh. So again, and you're looking for the negative before you're able to say the positive. Hmm. That is so true. And that, that and of course, happens. we notice that in life, mm-hmm. we'll hold on to the negative comments or the negative situations before we're really able to 
embrace those positive ones. Yeah. There could be a hundred positive comments, right? But the hundred and one <laughs> will hold yes. in on that one. <laughs> it cancels <laughs> out all the rest. Yes. Mm, you make a very good point there that our energy goes towards that that negative many times versus seeing the positive and, and using those positive ones as stepping stones to get even better. Mm-hmm. And I think even journaling, like you said, when you ask people the question of, you know, who are you? And they have to write it down and work on it. And journaling is a reflective process, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's done well, not just documenting what's happening throughout your day, but exploring what's happening inside of you and your thoughts and what might have triggered a thought and what your reaction is, your physical reaction, your emotional reaction. So journaling is a way to promote that vulnerability because it makes you look inside yourself. It, it, it does. And for me, I'm thankful for, um, I'm thankful for my family just because my grandfather and we used to, we disliked it so much when he would do it, but I am so thankful for it now. He would always get us to present ourselves. Mm. Like if we were around him, he was, who are you? What are you about? Mm. That was a question he would always ask us. And I'm, I'm thankful for that at this point, because that question was deeper than what I thought it was as a kid. Mm. And I think that's great that you had someone in your life it seems like he was training you up too to be vulnerable. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and to even know your own identity. Who are you? Yes. Who are you and what are you about? Like those are the two questions he would ask. And we just did not like having to answer that. But I'm grateful for it. So that was just a good moment um, in my life, in my childhood that helped to mold me. Hmm. Hmm. And I, a thought that just came to mind was if he was standing in front of you right now, what would you say to him about that? <laughs> I would th- tell him thank you. But you know what? I think he knew that uh, before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. But yeah. he w- me and him, we got to a place where we processed things together. Mm-hmm. Like our conversations were different. They changed from when we were kids versus he would still do that to some of my adult family members. But it changed to let's talk about this. Hmm. Like I'm no longer asking you who you are and what you are, are about because you walk in it hmm. and I see it. So now let's talk about something different. So then he moved the conversation to something a little bit bigger. Wow. <laughs> so he, yes. Yeah, so I feel like the training that he gave me in that aspect of things helped to make me where I'm at now. Hmm. I like how you said the, it got to the point he didn't have to ask you those questions anymore because you you walk in it. You walk mm-hmm. in it. Now we get to move on to something bigger. And I think about <laughs> that in relation to providing counseling services. You're, yes. You're providing a service to someone. You're, you're engaging in the sessions. And once you start transitioning through those goals, it's okay. We've accomplished that. You're walking in it. We can, do you see it? Let's move to this. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yes, he was doing that for you. He was doing that for mm-hmm. you. Um, with that, what would you mind sharing? What led you into your field? Like you're a licensed clinical social worker. What led you into this type of career? Well, 
it can I feel like when I'm asked this question, um, I feel like it chose me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I chose it. I feel like yeah. it chose me because I can think of times like whenever I was in high school or in college where my friends would always come to me for advice. Like mm-hmm. if there was a serious issue or any type of grief or anything like that coming happening in their life, they will always come to me. Mm-hmm. I was that friend. And so um, I had a futon in college. Yes. And my friends would come and they would lay on that futon and I would just be <laughs> sitting on my bed in the little dorm room and we would be processing life, like what's, what's happening and things like that. And during that time, I was in school to be a teacher. Yes. So I had no idea like this right here <laughs> was showing you where you were supposed to be. Mm. So when I got to... um. I started working in the human service field while I was in college. And so working with those clients is kind of what pushed me towards this. So I started off like online doing marriage and family um, counseling program. Mm-hmm. And then my friend, Brother Lloyd, she um, she was like, well, I'm getting ready to, to apply for the social work program. And you should, too. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I'll say hi, Bretta. Then- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for getting so she, Shanika to the social. She got me here. <laughs> <laughs> She's always had me doing something, so yes, oh. she is definitely to thank for that too. And my mom, mm-hmm. of course, because she was doing um, substance abuse counseling, mm. so she pushed me to um, the counseling program as well. Right. And for her in this whole vulnerability piece, like she's helpful in that too, mm-hmm. because me and her, we're able to be vulnerable with each other. Mm. Like, even in times, it's resistance, of course. Like, you know, mother and daughter, we have those resistance where she's trying to tell me and I'm trying to tell her. Right. But it's always beneficial. Mm. And I feel like we learn a lot about ourselves through each other. Mm. And I appreciate how you said you feel like the profession chose you. And Mm -hmm. I say I appreciate it because I had this exact same conversation with a friend of mine the other day. Because, of course, I I get that question, too. And I said, well, it was already within me. And what I had to Mm -hmm. do as I grew is I had to choose the educational name of it that was in alignment with what was already in me (laughs) to meet meet society standards. (laughs) Yes, that's it. You just put it into perfect words. Thank you. Social work is a very vulnerable profession. Because like you said, you're sitting in front of people, you're providing services, but in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we end up with what's referred to as personal and professional self-disclosure where we're sharing pieces of ourselves. Yes. Help the other yes. person grow too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And often in situations where where we're affected, we're taking on other people's emotions in some way. We're sitting with someone a lot. And um, and it doesn't cut off when we go home. So, no, it doesn't. Yeah, we have to engage in forms of self-care to be able to take care of us. But with that, we have to be able to realize what's happening inside of us as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is exactly why I take a mental health day. Yes. I definitely um, engage in self-care. I used to go to the spa, but, you know, of course, COVID-19 right. kind of changed that for us a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, 
And normally, whenever I would be driving home from work, I would cut my radio off. Like, I just needed it to be silent. Right. Just so I can just let everything go. Hmm. I think that ties into vulnerability, too. Knowing what you need at what time. Mm -hmm. Knowing what's necessary to be able to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have to have that. True. That is so true. And I'll say, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today. <laughs> I have too. I have too. And I thought I was going to be so nervous, yeah. but thank you for making it so comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thank you for being vulnerable to participate in of it. Of course. Not a problem. <laughs> so if, if our listeners wanted to contact you or receive services from IROC Therapy, what would be the best way they could do that? Best way to reach out to you? They- they can contact me at 910-241-0665 okay. or they can um, uh, do an inquiry on my website, which is irocktherapy.com or they can find me on any of the social media platforms, um, Instagram, Facebook, irocktherapy and just contact me and I'm always messaging back. So <laughs> I'm available. Great. And I'll include your, your website link in our podcast description too. So they'll have access to that. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So again, I just want to thank you for joining us on this episode of There is Power in Your Story. And I appreciate you for having me.